0: God is good. Amen. Thank you for that. In my last sermon, listen, we found ourselves in the book of Malachi, been in the prophets the last couple of times. And Malachi was a prophet of the Lord. Am I too loud? Because I am gonna get a lot louder soon. Kristen Turn it down a little bit. Deb Chrysik's talking to her, so she's not paying attention. Deb. No, that's all right. All right. Anyways. So my last sermon we were in the book of Malachi and we're going to continue. This is like godly silence part two. Um, so I've been in, you know, about the prophets of the Lord, which were mouthpieces for God and God used them to call the people back from unrighteousness, he used to call them back to repentance. And the people, the Jews in Malachi, they were showing tremendous heart problem when it came to their relationship with God because they were judging how much God loved them by what he was providing for them. They were worldly in their thinking. They were focused on what the Lord had actually taken away and not what he had and not grateful for what he was providing. They were also angry because they were seeing pagans who were prospering while the righteous were not. They were angry because they were seeing those who insulted God and coming against him go unpunished. And because of these things, these guys were questioning their own service to the Lord. As a matter of fact, they said, what's the use of serving God? This is Malachi 3.14. What's the use of serving God? What do we gain by obeying his commands or trying to show the Lord of the heavens armies that we are sorry for our sins? From now on, we will call the arrogant blessed. For those who do evil get rich. And those who dare God to punish them suffer no harm. So we're a little skew in their thinking here. And they're judging how much God loves them by what he's providing. And they're also doing this. They're watching what he's doing with other people. And they're basing their relationship on that. You know, as Christians, we have to remember that our relationship with Jesus Christ is not measured by prosperity. It's not measured by the job. It's not measured by the house. It's not measured by our status. We can't measure how much God loves us by what he's giving us. We can't measure how much God loves us by the wants and desires that He meets. He always meets the need, not necessarily wants and desires. It's also wise to remember that as Christians, we need to be on guard against attacks of the enemy. And we talked about this last time in the sermon. about When it comes to fiery darts, when it comes to the flaming arrows, when it comes to those thoughts that come into your mind and try to drive you in an unrighteous direction, Try to drive you into questioning God. Try to drive you into doubting your relationship. Try to drive you into calling God to question in situations when we really have no right to. And if you remember, I, I encouraged you last time that we need to be proactive when it comes to doing battle in the mind, when it comes to walking in faith, and when it comes to choosing not to go down that path of negativity. We spoke about these popular verses, but we also put a little more emphasis on the verse that comes after these. And these are this is, the, my understanding, the most popular verse in the United States, the most read. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then we went on to verse 8 and we said, listen, this doesn't get enough emphasis. And verse 8 says this finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Listen, when you have anxiety, and the attacks come, and the attacks come maybe in the middle of the night, maybe the attacks come in the day, and some people get it so bad, they have problems breathing, and it's it's debilitating, and you pray, and maybe it gets better, and God restores peace in your life, and then all of a sudden, you let your mind run like a freight train, and here come the flaming arrows, and the fiery darts, and it brings you into a negative place again, and you start wondering, how can this work out? I can't do it. And guess what? The anxiety starts all over again and here we go you jump right back on a hamster wheel because you let your mind be driven in a direction by the devil when you don't have to see this is part of being spiritually prepared for the battle this is the part where you actually have to make a choice I'm not going there And this is what Paul's telling us. He's telling us to think about the good. He's telling us to think about the righteous. Be grateful for what we have. Don't let our thoughts get drawn into the negativity. Don't let your thoughts get drawn into the woe is me. Don't let your thoughts get drawn into the dark places. You know why? Because that's where the, the enemy creates cracks. And that's where he gets his fingers in. He starts opening up doors. And here's another thing: don't let your mind get drawn into the grasses greener on the other side, because it's not. But that's where you want you to think. See, we're reminded that the spiritual battle often starts in the minds and our thoughts, which can affect our heart. And when our heart gets affected, it comes out in our attitude, it comes out in our actions, it comes out in our words. Some people start experiencing depression and they keep feeding it by staying in the negative. See, we don't want to be where the people were at here because they were judging his love by what they got out of the deal. Really? Sidney Heilman said, you know what? Uh, many, uh, Many babies... Want to be king, but there's only one king that came as a baby. And he willingly did that. See, how much did Jesus Christ loved us? He willingly came to earth. Why? Because he had to die on the cross for our sin in our place. And he willingly did that. Human being to shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins. For who? For us to take the beatings, to take the mocking, to take all that stuff he went through for us. Because we have a great high priest who understands, right? He's been through everything and more. Listen, that's how much he loves us. And I said this before, because we have eternal salvation through him, by the grace of God, through faith in Christ, by the grace of God, that should be absolutely enough that when we die, we know we're going to heaven. We shouldn't ask for anything else, except God said we could. So we do. Amen. I'm glad Nate got it. See, when it came to the people, there's one thing that's a little encouraging to know, is that God's words for the prophet didn't fall on all hardened hearts. Because, because Scripture tells us that those who feared him repented, recommitted to the Lord. In 3.16 it says, Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. So you got this group of people, okay, they feared the Lord, they chose righteousness, they said, no, we're going to be obedient. And it's interesting here because the word says that they talk to each other. They strengthen one another against things that were being unrighteously said. They encouraged one another, they must have exhorted one another. Listen, this is what we're talking about when we're talking about the body of Christ. When you become a Christian, it is about a personal relationship between you and Jesus Christ and then you're in the body with certain spiritual gifts to use for the body, for the betterment of the body, for talents to use for the betterment of the body. You are not on an island by yourself, isolated. We are supposed to fellowship. We are supposed to encourage one another. We are supposed to lift one another up and we're supposed to exhort one another also. This is how we're supposed to move forward as the body of Christ, openly communicating, gathering together, worshiping together, encouraging one another, another, but also exhorting one another. Being unafraid to call each other back from the path of unrighteousness. Encouraging one another to take action, to step in a godly direction. Exhortation is not a popular word in our culture, in our society. Nobody wants to hear it. Even when you get into church, I don't hear it preached a lot. I hear encouragement preached a lot. I don't hear exhortation, exhortation preached a lot. Exhortation is encouraging, but also confrontation, also spurring on to action. It's important to understand that exhortation, though, is not about meeting your personal standard of what is holy. And now we get into a little legalism. So, you know, you can't park between the yellow lines on Saturday. That's not holy. Oh, you're going to hell. You can't call people out for what you think is holy. It's not about you. It's about the word of God. It's about what comes out of the word God's mouth. It's about Jesus Christ. It's also not about your matter of conscience. It bothers you so much. Well, listen, does the word, does the word say it's not holy? You can't go there because it's not about you. It's about the word of God. It's about Jesus Christ. So when you're basing something on excitation, it's about confronting and encouraging when it comes to biblical sin and God's word. We shouldn't be afraid to do that, but people are. People are. People won't go there. They won't call on righteous, unrighteous. And when we do that, and and we don't do what we're supposed to do as a body of Christ, we hurt our our effectiveness walking forward for the kingdom. When we don't, we allow people to go unchecked, operating unrighteously. And listen that also falls on us that also falls on us we are encouraged we let me strike that we are to encourage repentance not get in the way of it by accepting sin there is an accountability and I'll listen anyone after service want to come up and argue this I will in a heartbeat. There is an accountability when we don't do the right thing and God puts it right in front of us. If we're not calling it unrighteous, if we're not calling it unholy, then what are we doing? Accepting it? There are consequences that we are accountable It's the confrontation part that people don't like. But as followers of Christ, we're called to do it. And if we're not, guess who's sinning? We are. And I'll tell you one more thing. When we're faced in those situations and we know something's unrighteous and unholy and we're putting up with it. Man, what a statement, because now you're really seeing who you fear more, people or God. Oh, that's a big statement. That's a big statement. For the Israelites, this group who heard God's word and feared him did the right thing, and they changed their ways or thinking, and God was going to remember them because he said to them, there is a day coming when the price is going to be paid. In Malachi 4.1, he says, Surely the day is coming, it will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble, and the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the Son of righteousness who will rise with healing its rays. You will go out and frolic like well fed calves. There was a day that was going the day that's coming, and there was going to be judgment. But for these people who revered, revered his name and they turned back to God's promises, he tells them in Matthew 3 On that day when I access the Lord, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them just as the Father has had compassion and spares his Son who serves him. Then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who don't. Listen, big picture. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, when that day comes, you are in trouble. And all the whining and all the belly aching and all because we didn't get the exact answer to prayer, you know, and we wanted this desire, but God met this need. When that day comes, All of that's going out the window because none of it's going to matter because those who have a personal relation with Jesus Christ are not going to be burning. It's not going to matter because we're all going to be on our face praising the Lord and being grateful for it. He's telling them, for those who feared the Lord here, changed their mind, who repented, he's going to remember them. And this is where the the book of Malachi starts wrapping up it starts coming to an end. And he says, before that judgment day comes, he's going to send somebody in the spirit of Elijah. And we know that to be later on, John the Baptist. But he also says this to them at the end of the book. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and the laws I gave him and Horeb for all Israel. And this is what marks the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of what they call the intertestamental period. Only saying that once. <laughs> and it's also the beginning of this 400 years of silence. So God's communication to, as the Jews were used to ceased. He was no longer giving a prophetic word through his prophets. Scripture doesn't tell, tell us exactly why God went silent. But he knows that he told them, listen, follow the Lord, follow everything I gave you. Then he went silent. So they had everything they needed. This was a great opportunity for the people to learn and grow and be prepared for what was coming. And that was the Messiah. That was Jesus Christ was coming. But the key is this. Did they? See, all the things I had mentioned, you have to understand, this group repented, but there was many that didn't repent. And when it comes to attitudes and words and actions of the people, They were about to get magnified because they were still questioning his service. They were still critical of what he had done in their lives. They were still all focused on what he had taken away and ungrateful for what he had provided. They were upset the the unrighteous were getting wealthy while the righteous were suffering. They were upset that people were rebelling against God and he wasn't wiping them off the face of the earth. Take all that And then add this. Silence. These people were already leaning in a direction going away from God. And that was in the face of the prophets who were telling them what God was saying. And now God wasn't saying anything. And it was during these years that the Israelites, they found themselves once again under all this oppression and they were being ruled by the Persians and the Greeks and the Egyptians and the Syrians and the Romans. And when all these different conquerors came, these different levels of oppression and persecution, religiously and otherwise, and these other people who were leaning, man, they were all ready to get off the ship, take the next train. And listen, with all these people taking over the country, it wasn't all bad because you have things like the Pax Romana, which is Roman peace and they were building roads and they were making it possible for the gospel to go farther than it's ever gone before. And then you had the Greeks come in and they're spreading language all over the world and it was becoming a common man's language so it became the New Testament language and more people could understand the gospel message. But having even said that, you know, the Greeks also brought in multi-god religions they also brought in magic they also brought in a ton of false gods and with the Jews like many times before with the different people came the different gods and the faith of the Israelites was polluted by false gods and practices and I said some were already probably ready to prime and to jump ship this would have just made it easy Many were struggling and following God's instruction. That doesn't mean that listen. Listen, in this period of time, you can go back. There's a lot of history, and it doesn't mean that everybody wasn't following, you know, the law and doing. Because there was a group. We know there was a group that was following the law. There was many who were not, and they had plenty of opportunities to start following other gods because all these things were going on with different cultures. Many struggled following God's instruction, and as you can imagine, they were standing there and they were wondering. Where is he? Why isn't he speaking? Where was the power of God? Some were probably wondering what they'd done wrong. Or maybe their faith wasn't strong enough. Or maybe their sin was getting in the way. Boy, it sounds like today. See, we understand that it's important that God didn't forsake them. He had not left town. His silence was part of his plan. He had given them everything they needed, the decree, the law that was given to Moses. And he tells them, follow it, but many don't. And I'm sure, you know, as you're sitting here today, that you remember times in your life when you felt that God was right there. The prayers to the, the answers to prayer were just flying. God felt so close, felt like he was right alongside you, guiding you, directing you in every decision. Listen, we have a God who cares, amen. Uh, we have a God who cares, amen? amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have a God who loves us, amen. amen. And he because he does. Part of his plan can be this, and we have to understand this when we feel distant from God sometimes. Part of his plan can be this. Hey, let's go over our hands so we can walk in faith. The Holy Spirit's going to help us to grow in our faith, help us to be the empty vessel that God wants us to be. He brings us to a place where we have to trust in Christ to rely on the Lord with what comes next. And let me put this a different way. In your walk as a Christian, you're going to get to some point where God wants you to take the training wheels off. He's gonna want you to take the train and wheels off. He's gonna want you to venture into uncharted territory. He's gonna want you to walk out on the water because without him, you're gonna sink. But man, when I want to talk about walking in the power of God. <laughs> that's where you'll see it. Amen. Important for us today. God has given his word to us to follow, just like he told them to follow. The scriptures that he given them, the law. If he has set us in a certain direction, if he's put us on a certain path, uh, path excuse me, we can't base our service for God on how we feel. We can't base our service for God on the rewards that we've gotten up to this point. You, can't, you don't stop serving him because you feel like he's not as close as he used to be. We're called to continue on the path to measure our choices against the word until we hear him say stop. We shouldn't change our direction based on what he's doing in others lives. We don't choose to do something different because we're not hearing from him every five seconds. Listen, and that sounds like an exaggeration. But I have talked to people who go into a panic mode. If they haven't heard God in a certain amount of time. And all of a sudden they start wondering about everything they've done up to this point. Are they on the right path? Are they doing Listen, God sets you on a path. You go until he says get off. Or you go until he says stop. If we're going to base everything on feeling him, if we're going to base on what he's doing and rewarding other people, if we're going to base anything on rewards, listen, we are opening up opportunities for a trap for us to go in the wrong direction and to go when we should stop and to stand still when we should run and to run when we should be standing still. God's got us on a path that we're not hearing from. The things that we need to do, the word doesn't change. We're supposed to put on the armor of God. We're supposed to read the word. We're supposed to pray. We're supposed to fellowship. All these things we know we're supposed to do, are we doing them? See, when we do those things and we're like, all right, Lord, I'm staying on this path. We do, you know what we've done? We've submitted to God's timing. We're trusting in Him. We're relying on Him. And it goes vice versa. If God says, no, don't go, then you don't go until you hear differently. I can hear Deb and Dave back there going, oh, yeah. We have His Spirit. We have His Word. He has His power. He has given us everything that we need to walk in faith and face adversity. We have His Word. But, you know, listen, this is, this is a gut check time. This is a spirit check time. How much do you believe God's Word is actually God's Word? You know, if nothing bothers me worse, and I'll say past 14 years of being a pastor, talking about when I first get saved, and people will say to me, oh, yeah, I believe in God's Word, but I'm not doing that. <laughs> what? and you hear it all the time and you see it all the time you know what it does it causes divisiveness in the church because then people start they start preaching their side and trying to rally troops not to do certain things that are in the word of God Listen, I will tell you one thing about the pastors here, and it doesn't matter if I'm here or not, because I know the other two, we are not getting out of the word of God. Ever. There may be five people sitting here, but we're going to hold to the word of God. Doesn't matter. But listen, that's something you really have to ask yourself. If you're going to believe in the word of God, believe in it 100%. You want to see God move in your life? Follow it like it's true. Submit to it like you mean it. Because that's walking in the power of God. Yes, it's a lot easier to jump off the cliff when he caught you the first time. The first time is not going to be so easy. But when he asks you to go in that direction, do it. Believe. Believe. You know, it's true that when we feel distant, and this is the other side of this, when we feel distant from God that it's often because we have backed away, because sometimes it's some sort of rebellion, sometimes we're fighting His will, we're fighting His direction, sometimes we just love our sin more, we don't want to give it up, right? But it's also true that it can be part of God's plan, he wants to stop holding our hand it's not all about sin and yes it can be sin you could be doing the wrong thing wrong decisions all of that but sometimes it's time to be a grown-up in the word it's time to walk in your faith otherwise you're saying oh I'm going to trust Jesus Christ when he shows me he's here what no And listen, God can do what he wants. And we know that, right? And at the beginning, I think God often does that. When we start realizing who we are in Christ and we're growing, he shows us a lot. He shows up. He does miracles. We're doing all these things. Things are on fire. Then all that stuff goes away. And guess what? We're supposed to still walk in faith? What do you mean, God? Where's the miracles? I didn't see anything. Does that mean you're here? See, they were having a problem with that. 400 years of silence. No more miracles. No more prophets yelling at them. we mean, I have to follow the law. i got to follow the Bible. Really? So we're called still to walk in faith. Listen, the Israelites missed the point. Someone amazing was coming, the Messiah. And even though many of them yearned for the Messiah to come, by the time it got there, they had the wrong reasons. They wanted the king to rule over them. They want the oppressors thrown out. They were looking to worldly remedies, not spiritual. At the moment, in that 400 years, they missed what they were called to do. And that was to walk in faith despite the lack of miracles. To walk in faith despite the lack of prophets. To trust in God's timing despite the silence. And to prepare for the coming Messiah. As, as we sit here today, I just want you to think about some things. You know, and just because we don't feel God doesn't mean He's not here. Just because we don't see Him in our life does not mean He's not working. Just because we don't hear His voice does not mean He's not speaking. Just because He goes silent does not mean He's not involved in watching. What it does mean is that we're called to walk in faith. I'm going to tell you right now, there's a bunch of people that God is moving in their life in this body. So if you feel that God's move not moving in your life and you're not hearing him, you need to start talking to other brothers and sisters inside of you who can come to you and can lift you up and can talk to you. And you really start, need to start examining your life. Is God letting hold of your hand or are you involved in something that's unrighteous that's hindering your relationship with God? Because it's a bunch of crap. If you say, God, I don't feel God when I'm at New Hope Chapel because there's plenty of us who do. And he's moving in powerful ways. There's prayers being answered. There's chains of addiction breaking. There's souls being saved. There's healings going on. And if you're not involved, you're missing out. Just saying. I don't want anybody in this body to miss out on anything. I want to walk forward as an army, the way God has devised us, designed us to be. So a couple things and we'll close. You know, I just want to encourage you today that if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what happens is you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in you. You are sealed as a child of God. No one can ever take that away from you. Amen. No one can take that away from you. When you die, you're going to heaven. But we've, what we're referencing a lot today is the walk here. Right? We want to walk in the power of God. Know that God has given you everything you need to lead a fruitful life, to lead a life that you can walk in the power of God, that you can honor and glorify Him, that you can encourage brothers and sisters, that you can lift people up, that you can pray for people, that you can be spiritually prepared for the battle. But are we doing it? Sometimes. We want to do it all the time, right? Amen. And the last thing we take, I want you to take out of here is if you're not feeling God's close, maybe time to take the training wheels off. If you're feeling that God's not cro- close, maybe he wants you to walk in faith like you never have before. Maybe he wants you to jump onto the mission field like you never had before. Maybe he wants you to preach his word in Hope Valley like you've never done before. Maybe he wants you to preach uh, to talk to the rest of your family about Jesus Christ and that's never happened before. Maybe he wants you just to trust in him, a hundred percent. Maybe it's time for full commitment and not part commitment. Let's not miss out on what God wants to do in our lives. Amen. Amen. Please bow your head with me. Lord, we just thank you for this time together, Lord. I just thank you for each brother and sister who is sitting here right now, Lord. And I pray that you were speaking to them even as I speak, Lord, that you were talking to their heart, that your Holy Spirit is convicting them of things that need to change or directions you want them to go in, Lord. I pray that they would clearly hear from you, Lord, and they would clearly know that you have given them their word, your word, that they have everything they need to walk in your power, to walk on the path of righteousness, Lord. Lord, I rebuke the world and the things it tries to tell us. I rebuke the world and the temptations that come before us, Lord. And you said and you promised in Corinthians, Lord, that when that temptation comes, it'll no longer be overwhelming because we have the power of God in us. And you also promised, Lord, that you'll provide a way out for us, Lord, so we don't have to give into it, Lord. With all the prayers we had about addiction today, Lord, I rebuke those those that addiction in the name of Jesus Christ and I pray that each girl Lord or each guy that's accepted you would realize that they have your power to say no maybe for the first time in their life when the enemy comes at them so Lord we just thank you that you love us we love you we know that you care for us Lord you care about us Lord help us to love one another as you love us And we just pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And we all said...